This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. This is the Adam Gold Show. Oh, hold, hold on, I can't do radio right now. I'm trying to be real. I, did, I just got the be real notification. So I gotta, I gotta, did you really? Got to uh, get, get us up there, Cox. Yeah, okay. Don't, don't worry, you're in. I got you, you're good. <laughs> I, I heard about this. All right, so I was in a wedding in Wilmington this past Saturday. I'm being real, man. I'm keeping it real. Someone had mentioned it on Saturday at yep. this wedding. I was like, what be real? What is what is that? Do you do you want an explainer, or should we do Wall of Sound, and maybe we'll talk about it later? Get, yeah. l- yes. L- l- let's do the Wall of Sound in just a bit. Okay. I'll let some other be reals get up there, but you're you're out there. You're in the be real world now. Yes. Is I me did. or Matt Rule out there? I, I, I should have let you get in costume. Dang. I, we, we, you got to be real. You don't have time to set up these things. It's not Instagram. That's fair. It's not, this is not stage stuff. I was keeping it mad real by taking a picture when <laughs> be real told me to. Well, if you know what I'm talking about, you're probably rolling your eyes at me. Mad if you don't real. know what I'm talking about, you probably have changed the station anyway. But let's go ahead and open up a fresh can of Wall of Sound. The Wall of Sound is a function of this studio. There's no doubt about it. Actually, I got a, well, now I got so many things going on. People are listening to the show and hit me up with James Bond information that I didn't even know. Yeah. But I think we're supposed to do the Wall of Sound. All right, first up, let's go to last night's game. Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos offense, to be fair, none of them look great. Man, they kind of stink. But his name is kind of being associated with the stink the most. Uh, Russell Wilson, another lackluster performance by the offense. They had negative passing yards in the second half. They did put up. 10 in the first half, they had one sort of explosive play, but have not looked good for several games in a row, and it resulted in a loss. Ultimately, the loss wasn't Russell Wilson's fault. They muffed a punt, and then Dustin Hopkins was hopping around there on one leg and kicking the ball somehow. You know what? I, I want to actually see that. I want to see a one-legged NFL kicker. That would be amazing to watch. Uh, here's Russell Wilson being asked after the game, if there's any animosity in the team between the offense and the defense. No, we don't have division in our locker room. I mean, you guys saw how we how hard we played for each other tonight. I mean, everybody, it didn't go our way, but um, everybody's fighting their butts off every day. The guys up front, all line, receivers, tight ends, running backs, the de- defense, the defensive line, linebackers. Um, and just, I mean, our, our safeties in corner. I mean, everybody's playing for each other. We felt like we could have won the game, um, you know, and then we had the fluke play at the end. And, and we still felt like we could, you know, uh, right before that play, we still felt like we could have, could have won the game. And it didn't, it didn't work out. And um, But there's everybody's together. We still believe in everything that we can do. Why does Russell Wilson hate special teams? Yeah, I know. No love for them. Kickers are people, too. He, last time I checked. Just I, ask Dustin Hopkins. I love, I love ask that. Ask how says, Justin Herbert feels about Dustin Hopkins. I love Russell Wilson. Everybody was out there trying. You know, those guys up front, the offensive line, backs, receivers. Tight ends. Tight ends. Defense, the defense. Defensive D-line, line. Linebacker. linebacker. And he started to move on. And then, well, well, well I went this far. Corners. Safety's corners, everybody. <laughs> but then no love for special teams, Russ. No love for the special teams. Uh, it's funny because y'all keep kicking field goals, but no love for your kickers. Seriously. Right. The uh, the bad thing about this, this isn't the first time this has come up either, where one of the knocks on, besides the general inauthenticity, mm-hmm. there was the specific, hey, Seattle, we have one of the best defenses in the NFL, and all we need you to do is be average and I can't remember exactly which years it were, because obviously Seattle was good for a number of years. So, like, they won a Super Bowl 
maybe should have won another one if they had run the ball. Um, but there was this animosity, or at, at least it was talked about as animosity between the defense that felt like we're, we're continually keeping teams below like 10 points, and somehow we're still in these late-game situations because our offense has only put up 7 or 14 or whatever. So this isn't the first time that, that that's been a subject for Russell Wilson. But let's focus on the positive. Dustin Hopkins was the one-legged kicker getting it done yesterday. Quarterback Justin Herbert, who did not throw a touchdown for the first time in 27 games. He also set an NFL record, Justin Herbert. He threw it 56 times and did not throw one of those 56 passes for a touchdown. Nobody's ever done that before. So, of course, he was focusing on the toughness of his kicker, as he should be. We've got so much respect for him. We know he's hurting. Um, and, you know, that's the great part about the NFL is those guys, uh, you know, they're they're committed to our team. And, um, you know, he, he's tough. And that's all you can say about him, for, for him to go out there and play and uh, put up with some pain like that. Um, it's great to see from him. It, as I mentioned earlier, it was reminiscent of Tiger Woods playing on, like, a broken leg or whatever it was he had at the time at the U.S. Open, where it was like, if this were not the final round of the U.S. Open and he were not in contention, my man would be out of there. The interesting thing to me was, Monday night against the Denver Broncos is not the final round of the U.S. Open, right? Like, I could see if it was playoffs and he was like, I'm getting surgery in the offseason, but I could just kick right now and it's going to hurt, but it's not going to make it worse. I could see maybe you gut it out. And all credit to Dustin Hopkins for being a tough guy. Just in today's world where, like, kicker legs are super special, kickers are one of those things where, like, they're not it'd – be, it'd be interesting to see what the – like comparing elite kickers to elite quarterbacks, right? There's kickers is like 15 people have one where you feel great about your kicker and you feel good if you have to line up there at this college, not NFL. Where if you're in the NFL and you have to line up for a 52 yard kick to win the game, you feel like your kicker will make that. Now, percentage wise, even if they're 75 or 80% of the time, they, you know, they may not make it, but you feel good about your kicker. Then there's like, Another 10 or so who are like, good enough. We'd rather have a different kicker, but you're an NFL kicker, so we keep you. And then there's like five where it's like, we didn't find our kicker or our kicker got hurt or, you know, we cut our kicker last minute or whatever. It's like five just, they're using guys that are around, right? Guys that have been in the league and they're they're just around. But if you got a special kicker, you're not running him out there on Monday night to keep kicking when he's hurt like that. And again, I'm not a doctor. I don't know exactly where it was, but just to watch Dustin Hopkins kick these field goals and then to go down in pain afterwards was hard to watch. And you're like, can anybody help my guy out here? Maybe we give the punter a chance or maybe we just go for it on some fourth downs. But no, they sent him out there. And then the final sound bite, I mean, final clip for the wall of sound. Let's go back to Sunday and chase Claypool in the Pittsburgh Steelers locker room because this actually uh, spawned a fun subject on the show today. Here's Chase Claypool. Forget winning his first game, or not his first game, forget winning the game. It was a first for Chase Claypool in the locker room. How does it feel to get a win like that? Oh, it feels awesome. Uh, Gunner, come here real quick. He gave me a celebratory dip. It's my first time ever. I can't really, with all these lights, but uh, it feels good. It did not feel good. He was lying. It did not feel good. He, I can't really, with all these lights, he was being honest. Gunner, get over here because I don't really want to talk anymore because I'm trying to keep this dip still in the front of my lip. That was real. But him saying it feels great, not so real. I still can't believe you uh, have never dipped, Dennis Cox. No, I never have. And you're not on Be Real. You have, yeah. no, you have no life experience. 
Yeah, of all the <laughs> Yes, exactly. You're, you're just those missing two out things. the final thing. Dip and be real. That's Everything what life else. is all about. Just yeah, you can put those on my online dating profiles. <laughs> um, all right, so be real works like this. Okay, yeah. Explain this to me again. I heard about it for the first time this weekend in Wilmington while I was at a wedding, yep. and I was like, "Wait, what's be real?" All right, I'm being. I'm going to be totally honest. There was a, I had heard about it before. Okay. My nieces are on there. They often, you know, keep me um, informed of like what the the younger people are doing. My nieces are like college age and older now. Okay, so I'm trying to stay involved. But there's a Saturday Night Live skit a couple weeks ago where people are robbing a bank and then the Be Real notification goes off and it gives the best explain, better than I can do, they'll be able to explain it. But basically, like when you have an Instagram account or a Twitter account or a Facebook account, you decide when and what you post on your Instagram. Let's just go with Instagram, right? Sure. You're um, on a hike, you've set up your hammock, you got a cool picturesque scene by mm-hmm. a lake with the sun with the sun setting. So you decide this is the perfect shot I want. Yeah. That's the shot I'm gonna put up on Instagram, I right? Be there now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Be real works a little bit differently. You you are on the app, you you know, exist, you have your profile handle or whatever. Once a day, at any given time, you don't know when it's gonna be. There's no pattern, no rhyme or reason to it. You get a notification that says it's time to be real. Okay, then the clock is ticking. You have two minutes from the time that notification goes. Yes, and I'm not 100% sure if it's like from the time you look at the notification or they just send it out and the clock's ticking. But So there, you have two minutes to post a picture to be real. In theory, you can't go set up some cool shot or wait for a sunset or do the coolest thing. It's what are you doing right now? So if the be real notification came... For you, between noon and three, or I guess three to six, because you all you produce in the afternoon. Yeah, you will be sitting in front of a de- uh, you know board of lights and and slides and buttons and levers and computers or whatever, and that would be your picture. The other thing about it is, it takes a picture at the same time from the front and the back facing camera oh, on your okay. phone. So it's like here's what I'm looking at, and here's what's, what's what my me. face is yeah. and, and what's all around me, and it posts that. Be real at the time. So anybody that's on Be Real got the same notification at the same time they're all posting. If you want to see what other people are doing at that time and see their Be Reals, you have to post. Okay. So you can't just lurk and like look at other people's pictures. Like you can have an Instagram account and never post a picture, right? Here, you only get to look at the pictures if you yourself have posted a picture. Okay. So basically, let's say I'm on the cam playing Phase 10. I get a Be Real notification. Yes. All right, here we go. Yes, you're supposed to do that. Now, you probably, like most people, like obviously they probably put more out during daylight hour. There's probably not a lot of Be Reals at 3 a.m. Yeah. You know, they they don't have 4 a.m., whatever. But, like, if you're like me, like 90% of them start working out to, like, well, where do you work? And it's going to be a picture there. Like, most of your Be Reals would be, a picture of you sitting behind a microphone, taking a picture of other people talking on a microphone, and then you also with your microphone on in front of computers. That would okay. be like when a lot of them would catch you. But you never know. On a weekend or somewhere else, you might be doing something super cool at the time, and you can yeah, like when you know, I'm at Kid Brewer Stadium tomorrow. Be, yes, that'd be a perfect time. Maybe you should sign up for Be Real, yeah. so that you can be real tomorrow yeah. at Kid Brewer Stadium. According to. Lori Leary, Devin Leary's mom. Devin Leary had successful surgery and is now recuperating. His doctors were thorough and amazing. Thanks, Dr. Andrews and all his staff. I'm glad he had Dr. Andrews do the surgery because if you don't get Dr. Andrews, basically you're you're 
you might as well just cut your arm off. Dr. Andrews is the only person who can do these. It's it. It is amazing how many people go to Dr. James Andrews. When he retires, I mean, what are we going to do? What, what are we going to do? We're going to start treating athletes like horses. Like when they when they get hurt, it's like, sorry, it's over. James Andrews is not here to solve things. Jokes aside, I'm glad to hear that Devin had good surgery and uh, the family is happy for all the support they've had. Hopefully, now, now it's an interesting question. Coming into the De- – Leary has another year of eligibility, right? The thought was that he would build on last season, be great, have a high draft stack, and go, much like we saw Sam Howell do. Now there will be a question. Will Devin Leary return, try and put another good season of tape on there for NFL scouts, or will he rehab and maybe take his chances with workouts being good and whatever, show himself to the NFL and see where he can get drafted? We'll see. But good to see that the surgery went well. Joining us now. To talk, yeah, the baseball playoffs, but most importantly, to give us his first dip story from Team USA Baseball. He also calls games for ESPN, for the North Carolina Lottery, for ACC Network. He does, He's one of those freelance guys. He works for everybody. It's my good friend, Darren Vaught. What's up, Darren? Hey, I'm doing well, man. I uh, hope you are. I was excited when I heard you guys were doing the Chase Claypool first dip stories. Yes. Because... See, I think Claypool and I, I mean, granted, I, mine wasn't as an NFL player, but it's not totally dissimilar. Uh, so mine came after a high school baseball game. Okay. And playing baseball, going to high school in rural Virginia, yes. to sort of set the scene here, dairy farming town, all of my teammates hunted, all of them fished. I was not one of those kids. I was a subdivision kid, like trying to teach myself how to skateboard. So it was like, it was like sort of two worlds within one small town, right? But we were friends and we, we had those friendships through baseball. So we play our county rivals one night. It goes into the 10th inning. And remember, regulation was seven innings. So this is a long game by high school standards. Sure. It goes into the 10th inning. I go up with the bases loaded and drive in two with a double. So that wins us the game. It's a big, big hoorah on the bus ride back. And there was always this same spot we stopped at where it was a Wendy's and a Taco Bell separated. They're on the same side of the road. They're separated basically by an embankment Sure. where there's a staircase and you can go from one to the other. So we just park at one and everybody would have their choice. Get your $28 worth of Taco Bell. That's it. That's it. So I, on the way from the game to this, was offered not even an actual dip. Hey, do you remember they, they started making the little pouches? The pouches. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. So it's training I dip. Figured, I figured, okay, this is not my forte, right? This, is, this should be sort of a, an easy in. But I had agreed to, to have a celebratory dip with my teammates. It was like a 10-minute drive from – the field where we were to the Wendy's Taco Bell Hill. Sure. In those 10 minutes, boy, I did not feel good. Whole, <laughs> like when I say I yacked my insides for another 10 minutes in between, there's like some bushes yes. back at the embankment yes. of this Wendy's Taco Bell. I was in those bushes for – 10 to 15 minutes the second we got there, like rushed off of the bus. 
and couldn't even eat the grilled stuff burrito that I ordered at Taco Bell because that was my go-to. R.I.P. the grilled stuff burrito. I ended up fine, of course, but um, no, that's my first dip story. Fantastic. I also liked how you couched in a um, possibly superfluous and unnecessary, uh, you know, Baseball game, late game heroics by Darren Vaught. So you just can't make sure you had to put that in there. That it, that it got, this is why I was having the dip because I had, uh, you know, I hit the walk off uh, game. When I figured, there. why not, right? Yeah, no, no. County rivals. No. Uh, you know, this was a, it was a, it was a, uh, it was sort of a nod to my teammates, no, right? I, it was like, hey, we played a great game. I'm going to do this. I'll do it. Yes. Uh, and it was pouches. Like some of these guys that went first time with Copenhagen, I'm like, are you crazy? But you, wh- wh- when I hear you describe it, it's what I try to, to pass on to the other people of like, I've taken shots. I've done the, again, we don't need to get into the specifics of what I have or have not done in my lifetime. But like, there is just nothing that hit as hard, as quickly as the first dip. It ju- you just yeah. got to be ready. You can't be ready for I it. I don't know if it's like something with the gums, like if it just enters your system more quickly through there. I have no idea what it is, but you're right. It just it's, it hits it hits hits fast. And if you're someone who hasn't done it before, obviously it's like a it's just a weird new sensation. Uh, we might take some more dip stories a, a little bit later in the show. We got some great ones earlier, but let's talk some actual baseball. Uh, let's go general topic. Uh, do the playoffs need fixing, or are they okay? The format, that is. No, I I understand people's reservations with the format because, look, we've got three 100-win teams who are out of it, including the Mets, who lost out in the wild card round to the Padres, the Dodgers, and the Braves. It was never meant to be, hey, let's make, let's get the best team to win. Baseball's always been those sports. It's not the Stanley Cup playoffs by any stretch, but it's always been one of those sports where the World Series champion is not usually the best regular season team. And I, I think this is exactly what baseball wanted with these expanded playoffs more excitement like the NL is on fire right now it's insane because the Phillies were third in their own division the Padres were out of it with a couple weeks left in the season potentially and those are the two teams that are going to play in the NLCS like that's wonderful for the game I I think it's great because the Phillies again even though they were third in their own division they've got one of the true superstars in baseball one of the more recognizable faces and names in Bryce Harper San Diego is loaded with star talent, and it's going to be a good series. Um, I, I think of greater concern would be maybe to get everybody in a dome because of this mess that we've got with the Yankees and the Guardians right now. Uh, they're going to finish up today. Someone's going to win that in advance of the ALCS, and then they've got to start that series tomorrow against the Astros, who we all want to lose always, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so, so I'm good with it. I, I think the playoffs have been – Really, really good this season. And again, I understand the reservations about it because it's new, it's changed, it's different, it's more teams in. It's not necessarily giving us the best team from the regular season or the best teams pitted against one another in the World Series. But what sport is that? Yeah, no. Um, Every sport's got their flaws with the postseason. Uh, I agree with you on that one. Uh, And it also, it just screams... Well, I feel like if you truly want to do the analysis of, oh, what's it like to not have the Dodgers and the Braves or whoever else they, you know, they want to be in the, in the, still alive in the postseason. The flip side is if you went back to only four teams being in the postseason, whatever it is, like 
how many of those games in September and early October would have been completely meaningless. Like the Dodgers would have wrapped up, you know, the, the NL side of things with months to go. Right. Like, yeah, exactly. And it's, that's, it's a, I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the arguments is the regular season doesn't matter. It's the, it's the complete contrary. The regulars, every regular season game matters with this format because of just the, the smallest, margins by which these these wild card teams made it in right um it makes all the sense in the world and and even with the Mets right they dropped down to the wild card after they got swept by the Braves late in the regular season with a week to go in the regular season that made the difference to them look I was there on game one of the wild card game I was in New York anyway and and went to City Field to that game sat by myself uh, surrounded by lifelong Mets fans and because of that series with the Braves, they were dejected. They had they felt they seemed like they had already lost it all. It was crazy how that worked. Um, but no, it, that's another funny element too. Is that the Mets lost a, a 100 win team, a very very good Major League Baseball team. The Mets lost, and everybody's just like, "Ha ha, Mets, Mets, good Mets." <laughs> and then the, the Dodgers and the Braves get knocked out, and it's like, "Oh, this is unfair. Change. We need reform. What is this?" Yeah, uh, but to that point, the the series that you talked about, the Braves Mets series, that that basically had the feel of a playoff series in the regular season because it mattered because of playoff spots and how they could play out. So like, yeah, you... yeah, like both both teams were going to make the playoffs, but it was so important whether you were the wild card team or whether you won the division. And the Braves got to sit out that wild card round and get you know the winner of the the Cardinals and Phillies, albeit they lost to the Phillies, but. Uh, it, there was a it was a huge advantage to be played for in that series. So the Mets, who have this starting pitching talent, had great starting pitching. They got knocked around for basically the first time all season in that series, and it mattered. It really mattered. Uh, Darren Vaught joining us from Team USA Baseball. Uh, of the five teams left, uh, who do you think has the advantage? Who thinks the the leader right now? Since some of the favorites, as we said, aren't aren't uh, no are no longer with us in the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's really tough to pick against the Astros, like if you had to start right now, just because you might like the Yankees, but even if they beat the Guardians today, they've got to turn around and start the series with the Astros tomorrow. Um, The Astros have been a really good team all season long. They're complete. Um, And then on on the the NL side, look, I've been saying for months that if Philly gets in, they're going to be dangerous. I didn't expect them to be this good. And with Bryce Harper scorching hot, having had the NLDS series against the Braves that he had, I mean, that they're, they're, they're enticing. Uh, and then San Diego, I already mentioned, they've got the star power, and they added at the all-star break, or the trade deadline, rather, Juan Soto, one of the best players in the game. He hasn't played great as a Padre, but we know he's capable. And one of the best closers in the league in Josh Hader, if not the best closer in the league. And that, I mean, those are important pieces to add to uh, an already good team and already possibly playoff team to make a push down the run. Like I said, it's just, it's so tough to pick against the Astros, just given the circumstances of they're going to get a, a gassed Cleveland or New York team. And, you know, they've got a couple of underdogs over on the NL if they get to that side. Darren Vaught joining us. Uh, one last question out the door. What's the 
Um, I wish I should have set you up for this better, but you are in some high school football stadiums on Friday nights. You're in some uh, college football stadiums on Saturday. Sometimes you're on ESPN Plus games, games that we're not always watching on TV. What's the coolest, funniest, quirkiest, most interesting thing you've seen covering football across the state of North Carolina uh, at, at any level uh, through about uh, six weeks of the season? I guess uh, the high school football season's closer to wrapping up. They're getting into their playoffs. Um, what's uh, just, just give me an off-the-wall story of something cool that you witnessed in covering some games this fall. Yeah, so actually, I'll give you my game that I had last Friday. So I, with former Penn State corner Reggie Walker, are doing the Bojangles Game of the Week, they call it, and they air on WCCB, the CW affiliate, and MeTV in the Charlotte area. On Friday, we had two of the best teams in the state, the top two ranked in Charlotte, Mallard Creek at Huff. It was, I mean, Look, you know me, I, I love offense, and I'll take all the points there can be, especially if I'm calling a game. I just am usually more engaged. It's more fun for me to have touchdown calls and exciting plays of that nature. There was not an offensive touchdown scored in this game. Huff won at 13, or excuse me, Mallard Creek won at 13 to 9. And it was still just like an incredible game with really good rhythm. A couple of pick sixes for Mallard Creek was the difference. Uh, yeah, not an offensive touchdown scored. Top two teams in the Charlotte area, and we it was an incredible game. It was uh, sort of bizarre. I don't know that I had ever had ever seen that before. It was like watching 2010 SEC football or something. Just <laughs> LSU Alabama. Alabama. Although I hated that game. Yeah. I hated that game when they were one two. This one, I think, was maybe a little bit more exciting. <laughs> All right. Shout out to Jeremy Shelley, the kicker for Alabama there. Uh, Darren Vaught joining us from Team USA with uh, dip stories, baseball insight, and a little bit of football as well. We appreciate it. Keep up the great work. Uh, always good to talk to you, Darren. Yeah, for sure. You guys too. Be well. All right. On the other side, we're going to have to revisit a couple things in the show. One, we'll continue to take, uh, if you've got first dip stories, 919-860-5326. Those have been fun all day. I've had people texting me just loving the first dip stories. Somebody texted me like, I can't tell you my first dip story, but I can tell you my last one. And I want, that's usually a good story. Usually your last one is, it involves substances other than dip. Like usually it was a late night, you had too much to drink, and then you decided to dip. And the next morning you said, never again. You had to swear off at least one of those things, and you weren't giving up alcohol, so you gave up dip. But I've got a James Bond question, too. And this is sparked by somebody who's tweeting at us. We were talking about James Bond earlier. I don't even remember how it came up. Uh, I think we were because we were talking about movie sequels and stuff earlier. Yes. And yes. how like, James Bond's different because it's, here's just another James, James Bond, Bond story a, yes. as opposed to sequential. A sequel where or, you got to have callbacks and you mm-hmm. know uh, reference points. Okay. I've been presented with a fan theory about James Bond that I'd never heard before, but apparently this this is huge. I'll tell you what it is. Why, it's totally wrong. Next on the Adam Gold Show. Shout out to the Weather Moose driving around Johnson County. It's one of his favorite songs. Joe Diffie, great country singer and great bluegrass singer, wrote that song. I know this is a different I version. I say it's the American Aquarium version. Uh, which I love when they did this version of all covers of, I think they were all 90s country songs that Basically, they liked. Basically, yeah. And my favorite when somebody like responded, they were like, these songs aren't as good as the originals. And they were like, oh, really? You don't you don't think we think, um, you know, uh, Still the One by Shania Twain as well as, I can't, I can't remember which one it was, but it was like, oh, really? You don't think we crushed this Shania Twain? It's like, like, no crap, they're not as good. 
We just did this because it was fun, and these are some of our favorite songs, and we wanted to perform them. Bullheads, Carolina Tales, California. God, Jody, Jody Messina. It's a great song. Somewhere greener, somewhere warmer. Great song. 90s country is the best, man. Um, I love if uh, Sam Jones Barbecue always has a great playlist. Oh, there you go. Um, Big Ed's used to keep it. Uh, used to have a great 90s playlist. I can't remember if they still play the same 90s playlist. They may play more contemporary stuff. Mm. 90s play, 90s country songs, so good. All on right, top. I don't know if we have time to get in all the things we need to to finish this show, but I had somebody tweet at me. We were talking about James Bond earlier. Yes, we were, we were talking about. Sequels and prequels and nostalgia and how you're trying to both satisfy the fans of the the genre, but also create a new thing, and it's just difficult sometimes, right? Yeah, we're doing this in halftime entertainment. And sometimes you just have to accept that it's going to be a nostalgia play, but hopefully it was, like, good enough and got the nostalgia you wanted. And we were using the reference of, like, James Bond or Batman doesn't always fall victims to these things because they're not pretending as if the story is continuing every time. Like, there's kind of a general theme. Like, we know we know what happened to Batman's parents and why he became Batman. Mm-hmm. And we know he's got a cave at his house, and he's rich, and his alter ego is Bruce Wayne, right? Like, all these things yeah. stay the same. But there's no... We don't care that Christian Bale and... Uh, I can't... I'm picturing Michael the guy. Keaton. Yes. that they, they, they both... Val Kilmer. They, they all apparently play a different kind of Batman that all exists kind of at the same time. Yeah, like, like the Dark Knight trilogy was its thing. The Michael Keaton ones were its thing. We're and fine. That's fine. And it's okay that they may be if, if change some details and overlap, you know. And I was saying James Bond is the same way, right? Like, we're, we're not like, how is James Bond still in 2015 a young, fit agent when he was alive in 1960? This is impossible, right? Yeah. We just, James Bond is just a thing and it works. Well, I was explaining this, and then during the commercial break, I was checking my notifications, and somebody had tweeted me and said, no, 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 James Bond is a code name, and these are all different spies that have just gone by the code name James Bond over the years. And I was like, what? I had never heard this. Now, I did some quick research, and apparently this is a fan theory, right? But much like, it, it's it's almost exactly like Batman, Right? where there might be a, some story arcs that run through a couple things, and there are some universal truths that we accept about the James Bond universe, like what his boss's name is, and because that's been a different person too, right? Like the mm-hmm. M and Money Pin, M, Q yeah. and M and Money Pin, yeah, those, they've all changed people, but they aren't all code names. And finally, I, mean, I, I don't spend a lot of time getting on fan theories and stuff and disproving them, but just for my own sanity... I was reminded that, yes, James Bond at one point had a wife who got killed, and that wife was referenced in other James Bond movies where there was a different character playing James Bond. So in theory, that's still just the same James Bond. And then in Skyfall, he went to his childhood home, and we saw the graves of his parents, and their name was Bond. Yeah. Right? So that's his childhood home. So like they're all the same guy. Obviously, it doesn't work in real life, but we just accept it. That's yeah. James Bond, he's the guy. And Casino Royale, he hadn't quite become a double O agent yet, Could. but he was still James Bond. It wasn't a code name yeah. for whatever that version of James Theory, Bond was. Theory, get it out of here. Get, yeah. But, I mean, somebody tweeted, they're like, yeah, it's just a code name. And I was like, have I been missing? Is this a known thing? No, that's a misconception, clearly. No. Get out of here with that. But I do appreciate folks tweeting at me, interacting on the show. Yeah, that we do love. 
With the few minutes we have remaining, we have just enough time to decide if things are overrated, underrated, or properly rightly rated. This is Rightly Rated. I I think we've been overrated. I think they've been underrated. First up, catfish. Mm. Are catfish overrated, underrated, or rightly rated? This comes up because if you were in Godwin, North Carolina this morning on I-95... You might have seen 22,000 pounds what? of catfish you strewn all over the interstate Goodness. on a Tuesday morning. This happened this morning. There was catfish all over the highway. Actually, it was more like in between the highway. I have checked. Checked in with my good friends at the Carolina Mudcats. Muddy the Mudcat is safe. Okay. Mini Muddy is okay. That's all right. They're fine. They were not part of the wreck. But our catfish, overrated, underrated, or rightly rated. If we didn't have catfish, we wouldn't have the Manti Teo story. So I'm going to say underrated. Oh, okay. So you're going that direction. It is It is weird how it's that documentary they made, and, and it's like it's a weird lady that tells the story about catfish for why that became the name of catfishing, the digital fraud version yeah. or whatever. Um, catfish as a food, probably rightly rated. It's not the best fish. Somebody out there probably be like, yeah, we'll yeah, have my Cajun seasoning in or whatever. Like, it's all right. I'd rather have salmon than catfish. But anytime a fish that has a mustache just seems cool to me. Catfish yeah. are unique, right? They just stand. I can't identify. I don't know the difference between a drum and a striper. But if I see a catfish, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a catfish because he's got a mustache. I respect that. Underrated. Uh, next up, bread. Is bread overrated, underrated, or rightly rated? This comes up. Because a lovingly wrought six-foot recreation of Han Solo frozen in carbonite (laughs) made entirely of bread. Yes. And they're calling it, I don't know how to say it. Like They're using the Spanish word for bread, which is pan, Mm -hmm. right? But like if you're reading it in English, it would look like pan solo. But part of it is pan rhymes with Han. So I'm using the Spanish pronunciation, pan solo, right? I like that. Uh, So it's the One House Bakery in Benicia, California, about 40 miles north of San Francisco. Next to an arrangement of seasonal gourds and a chalkboard that read, Our hero, Pan Solo, has been trapped in Levenite by the evil Java the Hutt. Not Ah, Java, Java. Now, this is not their first venture. You have to see this thing. And apparently, it's bread without yeast, so it looks a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And some people are walking by like almost unimpressed because they don't believe that it's bread. They just think it's a Han Solo Halloween decoration, right? But in 2018... The year they opened the family bakery, they made Game of Scones. Nice. Featuring a white walker made of bread next to an iron throne of baguettes. And encouraged from the positive response from that, in 2020, they made the Pain DeLorean. Ah. Clad in armor made of bread. Baby Poda, clothed in bread and floating in mixing bowls. And the Pandroid, made of pans and kitchen tools, all inspired by the Mandalorian. They also, I've included this just for you. Last year, they created... Doki, yes, a menacing alligator made of bread yeah. with sharp teeth, modeled after Alligator Loki. That's right, a creature on the Marvel television series Loki. Uh, bread, is it overrated, underrated, or rightly rated? You know, a '70s soft rock has never been my thing, so bread, <laughs> bread the band, not really into it. But give me a nice sourdough, I'm in. Underrated, bread is underrated. And yeah, it's I, always. I, underrated. You know that Oprah commercial where she's like, "I love bread." Yes, and she's like, but like I feel that way now. Where like every time I read up on like. Stuff to eat healthier, to lose weight. They're like, fade the bread, dude. Fade it. Like, and I'm nope. like, what? <laughs> nope. Like, it's great as an appetizer. Like, sometimes I'll just get a baguette from the store and, like, just rip crack off, off a piece. piece and just, just eat it. Yeah, like, it's a I snack. It. Yeah. I love bread. 
Uh, I mean, who doesn't love a good sandwich? Disappointed. I know. Like, how, I how, love how, a sandwich. How, how much would I be a great sandwich if I don't have bread? I love a sandwich. All right, and finally for Rightly Rated, it is October, so we got to give you ghosts. Are ghosts overrated, underrated, or rightly rated? This comes up because a house built in Texas in the 1840s has a special kind of ghost. Uh, it used to be a bordello, and that's why the owner said many of the ghosts tend to reveal themselves in a peculiar, peculiar nature. Sexual, she said. There's no other way to put it. She said the ghosts are dirty talking. Oh. You can hear them say, oh, baby, oh, baby, yeah. And yeah, I like it like that. Oh. Sexy ghost. Also, I don't know if you heard the ghosts that were moaning on a plane recently. No, they I did not. Also hear sounded that. more of a uh, Okay. We got ghosts getting freaky out there. Yeah, apparently. Are ghosts overrated, underrated, or rightly rated? Uh ghosts, great movie, R.I.P. Patrick Swayze, oh, underrated. It's a great great question. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this on you. Ghosts, not real. So I'm not <laughs> rating them. I refuse to rate things that are imaginary. Actually, I'm going ghosts underrated. Halloween costumes have gotten too out of hand, and there's way too much focus on yeah. vampires and stuff. Bring me back a good ghost. I hope. I wish for ghosts to exist, and I want to meet one someday. If we didn't have ghosts, we wouldn't have Pac-Man underrated. Ooh, great call. Good times. All right, let me end on this one since we talked about it all day. Kids, don't dip. Don't do it. Just take the advice of our listeners today and do not do it. This is the Adam Gold Show. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.